This is the Business Breakfast with Oanda. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Greg Adam joins us. Very good morning to you. Um, well, we've been here before, but uh, let's rehearse it in any case. So market's up again. Hopes of a trade deal. What's your feeling about it right now, given the deadlines that have passed? Uh, I think it will happen and I think there's a, a strong determination on both sides. I think it will be slimmed down compared to what will ultimately be needed. Uh, although Jerome Powell and the Fed's assessment yesterday evening was was very positive. Uh, but I do think something is going to get over the line. Mitch McConnell, Republican, uh, Nancy Pelosi, the Democrat, both saying the same thing, which is we'll be here until this gets done. Uh, and the end of the year is the deadline, but I'm sure senators, etc., lawmakers want to be, spend Christmas at home with their families. So it, it looks as though something will probably be agreed by the end of this week right. with a vote so maybe over the weekend. Okay, that's that, that's the US stimulus deal. I was that that's good. Thank you for that. I was heading us basically towards maybe a trade deal in in the UK. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that's that's obviously the ultimate goal, but it's a case of uh, who it's going to be negotiated with. I think Trump was hoping to be the one to kind of get this deal over the line. There may be the broad outlines of something agreed, maybe slightly improved terms, but I think any uh, any kind of fundamental trade deal um, of any worth is going to be agreed with the Biden administration. And again, that's um, we we've, we've seen what his priorities are uh, as far as that's concerned, and I don't think there's going to be. Um, and I think that's ultimately going to come down to as well to how the uh, the Brexit deal itself uh, is wrapped up. I, I, I am optimistic that, that, that these deals are going to be done. It's just a case of how long they're ultimately going to take. Interesting one. Um, news um, in one of the papers this morning about uh, President Trump's trade representative, Robert uh, Lighthizer, um, saying that, uh, that there might there's a possibility of a US-UK mini trade deal. It looks like to me, again, that the the right kind of touchy-feely stuff went out from the UK when they said there was they, they could actually break away from uh, the business about uh, discussing uh, European support for Airbus and so on. In other words, getting setting the ground for some breakthroughs on 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 state aid and so on. Um, do you feel as though I mean, not that he'll probably be in a job when this happens, actually, which is rather weird. But having so said, do you think there is some hope? Um, because we, we were worried, weren't we, about Joe Biden and going back to the, the Obama end of the queue, as it were? Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be comprehensive because there's just simply enough, not enough time. But things like tariffs and stuff that can be, you would imagine, can be agreed quite uh, quite. Uh, more, more easily um, I think yeah, we, we talked about this at the time was that this kind of flirtation from the UK with regards to the, the, the tariffs that were imposed as, uh, as a counter to what the US imposed because of the Airbus uh, Boeing uh, dispute uh, and it seems that that's potentially going to pay dividends but like I say ultimately it's something more comprehensive that we need to aspire to I don't think we're at the back of the queue I I, I remember this back in 2016 and even then um, I remember thinking that this was it seemed to be a highly political um, kind of maneuver I don't think it's going to be a back of the queue job I think these discussions do happen alongside each other and, and I do think there is going to be moves towards the deal but I think for the next 12 months at least you may just see very little signs of that or anything building upon uh, anything that can be agreed so late in the day with the Trump administration because I think there is going to be domestic issues that are going to be a far bigger priority for the Biden administration. Mm, okay um, so take us through what you got from what the Fed said last night because this is uh, this I, I mean if, 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 if the stock market needed a, a little poke in the, in, the, in, the, in the ribs as it were it certainly got it didn't it from Jay Powell. 
So Powell was just really optimistic, which is which yeah. is interesting. There was no additional stimulus, but uh, the the idea that the economy is going to uh, is going to slow at a slower pace, uh, and the fact that the ex- the fact that they believe that the acceleration next year is going to be better than what they previously envisaged is an encouraging sign. Now, we say this at a time when we're seeing 3,000 deaths a day um, from the pandemic when the total death toll is above 300,000 and the case numbers are rising. So you would imagine there's going to be more restrictions that are going to be necessary over the course of the next couple of months in order to kind of get a grip uh, on the spread. The vaccine is now being rolled out. The Pfizer vaccine, the Moderna vaccine uh, approval doesn't look like it's going to be very far behind. But that's going to take time. So I think restrictions are going to be necessary, which is going to take its toll on the economy. But when you're talking about the the economy itself only contracting by by uh, two or three percent this year, then I think that's an extremely encouraging sign, and that's why. Powell and the Fed held off on joining other central banks, which have been easing over the course of the last six Mm. weeks or so, because the outlook is looking far brighter than it is, for example, here in the UK and across Europe. So when the Fed said it would buy £120 billion, uh, sorry, dollars of of bonds each month, that's just a continuation of what they announced um, in that, uh, um, when he he gave his um, virtual um, speech all those months ago. Yeah, this is just a, there's a continuation effectively of the uh, of the stimulus which is being provided. This is the Fed's commitment to continue to provide that stimulus for as long as is necessary and and, and for the foreseeable future. Uh, exa- um, basically, I think for the next two or three years, they're also suggesting that there's going to be no interest rate hike. I think there was one policymaker who thought there could be some form of tightening in 2022. The rest didn't believe there was going to be anything until 2023. So at least two or three years, it seems, uh, until we are going to see any form of uh, fiscal. School tight, uh, monetary tightening, which means interest rates, hikes, etc. And we all, and we always know that when monetary policymakers are making forecasts that far down the road, you can kind of take that with a pinch of salt. That's their expectation now, but no one can predict how the next three years is going to go, especially in uh, in the current environment. Take us through Bitcoin. Um, when a pop star says, "Should I be buying this?" to her Twitter followers, as uh, I can't remember her name now, but somebody did a couple of weeks ago. You think, <laughs> oh, okay, um, but it's it's actually at an all time high. Um, we get why there is Bitcoin. There's, it's it's being adopted by more and more companies. I suppose it's like anything else, isn't it? If your neighbour's got it, then you might as well have it. But until there is widespread acceptance of it, it remains a fairly volatile. Um, well, investment to start with, never mind payment uh, payment opportunity. Yeah, and you say, like, if your neighbor's got it, then you may as well have it, but they don't come cheap anymore, just around $22,000 a Bitcoin. So they, um, they're, they're not particularly cheap. I mean... This is something that we, we've seen a strong rally in this. It was $10,000 two months ago. I mean, this is Bitcoin back to its kind of old form of these extraordinary moves. Uh, and, and it held up around $20,000 late November, early December. But it had this air of inevitability about it that it was going to break that level. And once it did, the hype, the buzz um, was going to accelerate that move higher. And in, in the space of 24 hours, we're, we're at $22,000. That's another 10% rally What's, on the back what, of seemingly... What, 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 what what drives the price? I mean, who's who's actually controlling the price? How does it work? Well, I mean, there's the, the fundamentals which contribute to them. So, kind of PayPal adopting these, um, the ability to to buy Bitcoin, etc. I think that was a, the, the initial buzz story that really got this rally moving uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, but I think when it comes to something like Bitcoin, there is a hype factor, a massive hype factor. The more it's in the headlines, the more it's being spoken about, the more the price does accelerate. And it's it's this kind of exciting instrument that <clears throat> that people can get themselves involved in. So the more it is in the headlines, the more you. Do 
do see these extravagant moves. And like say you see it break twenty thousand and it makes a ten percent move on nothing more than more than hype alone and <clears throat> so I, I think it is it, it, but it, i think it's always worth saying that while these instruments they can uh, they can move in extraordinary ways to the upside and you can see these unbelievable returns in short periods of time think back two years three years ago when the reverse happened we saw this rally we saw these extraordinary moves in a very short period of time but it moves in two ways and the the, the the downside was it was extraordinary as well and I'm sure a lot of people got extremely yeah. hurt during that. So well, just, I think so it's just, worth noting. Okay, I, I get I get the, the hype bit. Just just before you go, um, the, the who you know we talk about this being a virtual currency and the people who you know are espousing it and say, well, you know, it's not controlled by central banks and so on. But everything is controlled by somebody, isn't it? Who actually controls Bitcoin? Well, it's it's the it, thing is it's not necessarily controlled by someone unless someone can own a, a, a large number of the actual coins themselves. Um, the so it's not necessarily a case that it's owned. The fact the problem with Bitcoin still to this day is that it, it's not used for its its intended purpose. It's not a it's not a currency. Who is spending Bitcoin? Who is buying a pizza yeah. and buy, buy, buying it in Bitcoin when you're seeing the kind of moves that's happening? It's a purely speculative instrument at this moment in time, and that's I think the biggest problem with it from an investor standpoint. When something is purely speculative, it's fascinating to follow. It can be intriguing to watch on a day by day basis. Talking about 10% moves on the back of seemingly nothing, um, but it, it's not—it's uh, not—it's not an investable instrument to any significant degree. You may see tiny uh, amounts of people's portfolios being moved towards it because of the excitement factor, because of the volatility factor, because of the, the potential for big returns on the back of seemingly nothing. Um, but it, it's. Fundamental core purpose, it's just not there yet, and it's too volatile an instrument. And what we've seen recently doesn't really change my view on that. Okay, Craig Earlham, thank you very much indeed. Craig Earlham there from Oanda. This is the Business Breakfast with Oanda. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Mm-hmm.